Welcome to class. My name is Jeff Pelier, and you're listening to HeroClix 201. With this show, I want to dive into details that many players, especially newer ones, may not know. This is a history lesson where you learn about game elements that don't come into play very often. Today's episode was recorded on 16th January 2019. It is a re-recording with additional content of the episode that was first published on 21st September 2018 and is meant to replace that lesson. Set Spotlight where I talk about a specific release and feature noteworthy figures from that set. Let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. I mentally went back and forth about whether or not to discuss Infinity Challenge through Critical Mass because I've previously covered them on the Brothers Prob podcast. Ultimately, I decided I want this show to be its own thing. If that means covering ground that I've covered before, then so be it. With HeroClix, WizKids was following up on the success of their fantasy clicks game Mage Knight by bringing superheroes to the tabletop with Infinity Challenge. HeroClix simplified the Mage Knight format a bit because it eliminated things like setting up terrain, measuring with a flexible ruler for how far figures can move or shoot, and it mattering which direction each figure faced. In those earliest sets, each non-unique character had three versions. Rookie, Experienced, and Veteran. These are often referred to as REV or REV. They would have yellow, blue, or red rings respectively. Unique figures would have a silver ring, something that continues today even if the rarity level is more variable. There would sometimes be a unique version of a character that was in the REV but have a different sculpt, or at least paint job, and dial. In addition, the Gold Ring LE versions would often be characters from the main set, but with their real name, Peter Parker instead of Spider-Man, for example. My wife and I had been playing Mage Knight, but switched to Heroclix when it came out in mid-2002. Infinity Challenge featured many of the most iconic Marvel characters, like Spider-Man, Hulk, and Captain America. The first figure I'm going to talk about is the Rookie Hulk, figure number IC058. This figure can be found in the common slot of a booster pack. This Hulk was 103 points for 8 clicks of life, 0 range, the Avengers team ability, and would retroactively be given the keywords Avengers and Brute. Hulk's first click was what's often called an activation click, an opening click with low numbers and few if any powers. In this case, it represented him starting as Bruce Banner with a 6 7 14, one after that first click, he hulks out and starts gaining power. Even today, a dial that progressively gains strength as the character takes damage is called a Hulk dial. On the second click, his numbers aren't much better, 6, 8, 17, 4, but he gains super strength and toughness. His best click was number 7, where he had 8, 12, 17, 4. With Leap Climb, Super Strength, Invulnerability, and Battle Fury. His final click was still decent with 5, 11, 15, 2, Super Strength, Toughness, and Battle Fury. 
The experienced Scarlet Witch, IC-104, had a blue ring and would be found in the uncommon slot of a booster. She had 5 clicks, a 6 range with a single target, no team ability, and cost 36 points. Her numbers weren't a great improvement over the rookie version, but at the experience level she keeps probability control for all 5 clicks. Really, that would have been the reason to play her. She started with 6, 7, 15, 1 and only goes down from there. Her only power is that probability control. With her very low attack values, she might have been able to hit an opponent that had already taken damage, but a player otherwise would have been smart to hold her back in a support role for their better attackers. She would later be given the keywords Avengers, Forceworks, and West Coast Avengers. The Red Winged Fire Lord, IC138, would have been found in the rare spot of a booster. He was 97 points with 8 range, flight, 10 clicks, no team ability, and was retroactively given the keywords Cosmic, Herald, and Warrior. I'll talk more about flight in a couple of minutes. His opening click was an astounding 12-13-18-3 with energy explosion, barrier, and super senses. Although the numbers dropped, he kept those numbers for the first five clicks of life. On click 6, he loses energy explosion and barrier, but picks up energy shield deflection. He loses the super senses on click 7. On his last three clicks, his only power is pulse wave, but since his attack value was either 8 or 7 depending on the click, that was kind of a Hail Mary play. I'm going to interrupt the figure discussion for just a little bit to talk about flight in these earliest sets. Flight then was very different from how flight is now. Any figure with flight was on a special stand between the figure and the dial called, appropriately, a flight stand. The flight stand had a marker to show whether the character was at ground level or soaring above the battlefield. Moving between one level and the other used one of a character's movement. That is to say, a character like Firebird with a printed move of 12 could instead move up to 11 and change between being grounded and soaring. A character that was soaring couldn't be attacked by a character on the ground unless that character had leap climb or range attack. Conversely, a soaring character also had to have a range attack in order to attack a character on the ground. In my opinion, it is a good thing that this particular game mechanic disappeared a long time ago. When playing those old figures today, the flight stand is ignored as soaring is no longer a thing, even in Golden Age games. Back to the figures. Let's continue with our first unique, IC-144 Electra. The Rev Electra for this set wore her red costume, but this one was dressed in black. This silver-ringed figure would be found in the rare slot of a booster, was 36 points for 6 clicks, 4 range with 2 targets, and no team ability. She was simply designed to strike from the shadows and stab opposing characters. Her powers were Stealth for the first 5 clicks, and Blades Claws Fangs for the first 4. Her first click was 8 11 16 2. By click 4, the one I would call her last effective click, she was down to 7-8-13-1, and really relying on that stealth to keep her alive. She would later be given the keywords Hydra, Martial Artist, Shield, The Hand, and Warrior. The gold-ringed Victor Creed, a variant of Sabretooth, is our LE for this lesson. He had 8 clicks for 75 points. 
Not surprisingly, he didn't have a range, but did have the Brotherhood of Mutants team ability and would later be given the keywords Brotherhood of Mutants, Brute, Team X, and Weapon X. He started off with a decent 8-11-16-3. At the tail end of his dial, he was down to 4-7-11-1. For speed powers, he started with two clicks of charge before having stealth the next four clicks. In his attack, he had Blades, Claws, Fangs the first six clicks. Defensively, he had Toughness the first four clicks and Regeneration the last four. Finally, he had Battle Fury on clicks two through seven. There was a promo figure assigned to the set, the purple-ringed Spider-Man. This was, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man in the set. He was 111 points for 9 clicks of life, an 8 range single target, and the Spider-Man team ability. He had Leap Climb the first 8 clicks and Incapacitate the first 7. At the back of his dial, he had Outwit on clicks 7 through 9 and Blades Claws Fangs on the first click. His first click was 10, 12, 18, 2, and only dropped to 9, 11, 17, 2 on the second click. His lowest attack value is a 7 on click number 8, going back up to an 8 attack on click number 9. As a promo figure, he wasn't tournament legal and wasn't given any keywords. The final figure for this lesson was sold separately. It's the first Colossal, the Sentinel. ICS-01 was playable at 100 points, 200 points, and 300 points. Common across all point values were a Colossal size, Flight, although no flight stand for a Colossal, and a 10 range single target with no team affiliation. It was retroactively given the keywords Future and Robot. At 100 points, it was considered Sentinel Mark 1, and frankly, I would never have played it at this point value. 12 clicks for 100 points isn't bad, but it's basically a giant target with terrible combat values. The experience level Sentinel Mark III for 200 points added three more clicks of life and they're at least usable clicks with okay values and the powers of running shot, energy explosion, and energy shield deflection. Still wasn't great but certainly far better than the rookie. Sentinel Mark VII, the veteran, finally had some values worthy of a Sentinel with a starting click of 12, 11, 16, 4, and 18 clicks of life. He had Running Shot, Energy Explosion, and Energy Shield Deflection the first five clicks. It's Team Ability Time Capsule. In this segment, I'll talk about an ATA or Team Ability that isn't used any longer. Let's talk Scrolls. Scrolls are a shape-shifting alien race in the Marvel Universe that first appeared in Fantastic Four number 2. To represent this, the Scroll Team Ability granted the character Shapeshift, but only succeeded on a 6. It can be used in addition to regular Shapeshift, giving the character fortunate enough to have both an additional chance to avoid being attacked. The symbol for the Scroll Team Ability was a green scroll head. The Scroll Team Ability debuted with some generics in Infinity Challenge and was last seen in 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy set. While the scroll team ability doesn't currently appear on WizKids' list of team abilities, a movie set for Captain Marvel has been announced and we may have new scroll figures. Whether or not they have the scroll team ability remains to be seen. There is an ATA requiring the scroll keyword. This is the Secret Invasion alternate team ability. It reads, quote, 
when a character with a Steam ability is targeted by an attack by an opposing character with which it shares a keyword, modify this character's defense value by plus one, end quote. This ETA costs two points per character using it. There are keywords we all know and use, both named and generic, but what about the other, almost unknown keywords? Let's reach into the keyword cornucopia. Since I mentioned it in both the set spotlight, let's talk Herald. I would have thought that Herald referred specifically to the Heralds of Galactus, but it's been used outside of that particular group of characters. Of course, you have characters like Silver Surfer, Fire Lord, and Terrax with it, but there's also versions of Uatu, Heimdall, and Vision with the Herald keyword. What surprised me most was that only about half of the 73 possibilities that HC Realms lists for Herald came from Marvel. DC's Herald entries start with Zariel in the Justice League set and continue through Hermes in Superman Wonder Woman. Herald has also appeared with figures from various Lord of the Rings sets, Bioshock Infinite, Mage Knight Resurrection, Iron Maiden, and even Harry Knowles from the San Diego Comic-Con Combo Pack. The last time Herald was used on a Marvel figure was also in 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy set. Now sponsoring. I don't have commercial sponsors, but I'm still going to promote a product or service every episode. This is a business that I like and support, and think you could too. This episode, I'm recommending the podcast Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff, not me, and Rick, not my dad, discuss the Power Pack comics starting with issue 1 from 1984. Episode 12 has a great interview with artist and Power Pack co-creator June Brigman. It's a delightful show that I listen to with one of my partners, and my daughter has started listening to it too. Check them out on Apple Podcasts and, I'm sure, other pod-catching apps. What are the things you reach for when you want more than standard light and heavy objects? From cardboard objects with special abilities to 3D representations, from word balloons to light constructs, this is Item Inspection. The bookcase was a 3D object that came in the Indoor Adventure Kit. It was considered a light object, but has had special text. Quote, increase the attacker's attack value by plus one when used in an attack, end quote. Until recently, only a character with super strength could use the bookcase, but under current rules, any character can pick it up and gain the plus one when using it in an object attack. The bookcase does not have a cost to add to your build. Good to use with the Hulk that I talked about in Set Spotlight would have been the telephone booth. This is a cardboard token that could have been found in the Justice League set from 2007. The telephone booth is also a light object. It has the special text, quote, A character occupying the same squares as this object can be dealt one pushing damage as a free action, end quote. Remember that wimpy activation click on Hulk style? Just move him up to the telephone booth and boom! Now he would be on click two with better stats but not a second action token. You could just sit there and keep doing that until you're on the click you wanted to be on, and then, hey, you could pick up the telephone booth and hit somebody with it. The telephone booth also did not add to your build total. In Map Minutiae, I'm going to cover a specific map or two from the hundreds that have been produced over the years. First, I'm going to cover the cleverly labeled Map 2 from Infinity Challenge. 
All maps from that time were larger than the ones we use in modern today. They were 24 squares by 24 squares, 3 feet to a side. Except for walls, no terrain was clearly marked on these maps, and this map doesn't even have walls. It was up to the players to agree on which squares were which kind of terrain based on the artwork. This outdoor map represented a city intersection with a park in one corner and buildings in the other three. Terrain that could be considered elevated, blocking, and hindering are on the map. According to the rulebook of the time, starting areas could be on any of the four sides and would be 16 squares by 2 squares centered along the edges of the map. In a two-player game, the player who didn't first choose a starting area would take the one opposite, not either of the ones on adjoining sides. My opinions on what the terrain areas should be can be found in the visual companion for this lesson. I'm also going to briefly talk about one of the simplest maps that WizKids has ever made. It's the half-court outdoor map from Wolverine and the X-Men. This was a mini-map that came in a super booster with a team base. It's eight squares on each side. Squares A2 through A7 are blocking terrain. Squares D1 to F1 and D8 to F8 are hindering. The starting squares are A1 to H1 and A8 to H8. These mini-maps were good for 100 point or less games, and Half Court was the simplest of them all. Time for character creation, where I'll take a character that's never been clicked or should be redone and give them a new dialing card. For this inaugural episode, I'm reworking one of my daughter's favorite characters, Energizer. Energizer is Katie Power and was created by Louise Simonson and June Brigman for Power Pack No. 1 in 1984. Katie is the youngest of the four Power Children and can destroy matter, converting the mass to energy balls that she projects to do damage. Energizer's only time being clicked was way back in 2008's Secret Invasion set, and she hasn't held up very well. Here's my update. She's still 35 points and 4 clicks of life. She has improved targeting adjacent characters. Energizer and her siblings would share the trait Power Pack. Unique modifier. Modify this character's defense plus one if adjacent to another character with the Power Pack keyword. Her second trait is Little Kid. Quote, characters carrying Energizer do not modify their speed for doing so. End quote. She has zero printed range and the Power Pack keyword but no team ability. Her first two clicks would be 6 10 16 1. Her final two would be 5 9 16 1. On all four clicks, she has Sneaking Around, Sidestep, and Costumes Off, Shape Change. She would have the special attack power Energizer on the first three clicks. It reads, quote, Power. Destroy an object, equipment, wall, or blocking terrain in her square or an adjacent square and give her a power token. Free. Remove up to three power tokens and make that many penetrating psychic blast attacks as if she has a range of four and two damage. End quote. On her final click, she loses that special power but gains one in the defense slot. Can't hold back. This power grants, quote, Power. Remove a power token from her and Energizer can use Pulse Wave as if she has a range of six and two damage. End quote. So that's Energizer. I hope that we do see her and her siblings again for real in 2019. Featured Feats For a price, you could add extra powers to your characters if they met certain qualifications. 
Camouflage was a feat that came out in 2006's Sinister set. It would cost 8 points to add it to a character and had the prerequisite of shapeshift. It read, quote, Choose a character. When the character is adjacent to a wall or blocking terrain, any line of fire for a ranged combat attack drawn to the character is blocked, end quote. I do think that's a bit... that the bit about it only blocking lines of fire for a ranged combat attack would have been important. The character could still have been targeted with Outwit. If the Outwit was used to cancel the character's shapeshift, then it would also lose the ability to use Camouflage, leaving it vulnerable to attack. Battlefield conditions can help your team or hinder your enemy. Of course, that's a double-edged sword. Time to break down some BFC DNA. Perhaps the most common battlefield condition was Ordinary Day. This simply read, quote, Cancel a single target battlefield condition, end quote. If you had played this, the BFC that your opponent played, if any, had no effect on the game. Ordinary, Ordinary Day had cards released in six sets, three from Marvel and three from DC. Our other BFC for this lesson came out in the Hammer of Thor set, Cosmic Radiation Interference. Quote, Hindering terrain markers and blocking terrain markers can't be placed. Debris terrain markers and special markers are unaffected, end quote. This could have been devastating to teams counting on characters that used Barrier, Smoke Cloud, or other powers that would have put out those kinds of markers, but couldn't because of this battlefield condition. That's it for this time. Thank you for listening. HeroClix 201 is presented by the Podcascadia Network. Questions or comments? Want to chime in about an upcoming topic? I welcome your feedback. Search for HeroClix 201 on Facebook, where you'll also find a visual companion to the various things I discussed this episode. You can also support the show on Patreon. Special thanks to HC Realms for being an incredible source of information and images. The theme music is Getting It Done by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Next lesson, I'll be talking about Hypertime. Until then, be good, have fun, Play clicks.